Welcome to the Assembly of Yahweh Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you're here. For more information, you can visit hallelujah.org or download the AOI app on Apple or Google Play. When we're hungry, hungry, we all tend to, to get short with people and, and grumpy and, and we're simply uncontent. And that's because our body is afflicted. And due to this mood and uh, my allergies I'm kind of going through right now, I plan to keep this a brief and to the point. And I'm going to stick to the theme today on this Day of Atonement. And uh, if I were going to title this message, it would be to realign and return. On a positive note, <clears throat> my allergies and cough only seem to be affecting me when I'm talking and when I'm breathing. So <laughs> please bear with me as, as I get through this. <clears throat> Hector did a great job earlier of uh, showing us why we're here and what, why we're doing what we're doing today. Um, today is the most, one of the most important, solemn, and uh, sacred feasts in the whole Bible. And the Jews actually consider this to be the most sacred day of the year. Uh, we can read what we're doing and why. Uh, we can find it in Leviticus 23, 26. And we'll read. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Also this, the tenth day of the seventh month shall be the, a day of atonement. And it shall be a holy convocation to you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to Yahweh. And you shall do no work on that same day, for it is a day of atonement to make atonement for you between Yahweh your Elohim. Before you and Yahweh your Elohim. For any person who is not afflicted in soul on the same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does not work on that same day, who does any work on that same day, that person I will destroy from among his people. You shall do no manner of work, and it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest, and you shall afflict your souls. And on the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. <clears throat> See, Yahweh knew he was going to have to make an appointed and yearly fast because he knew people like Jordan Mansager aren't going to go and willfully do this on their own. See, fasting and I have, have never really gotten along very well. When I was a kid, you know, like many other kids, you start around age five, and you think the whole day about what you're missing out on and the foods you could be eating and drinks you could be drinking. And without fail, year after year, after I had gone the whole day and finally gotten something to eat and drink, I'd inevitably throw it up and get sick. So years and years of this <clears throat> led me to dread the Day of Atonement, and it soon became the worst day of the year for me. <laughs> but I'd suffer through it because I knew the Feast of Tabernacles was right around the corner, and there was a whole lot of fun to be had. Each year I believe we grow and learn more about this day and how important it really is, and what an opportunity it can, it can be to help us to, to come into the Feast a more clean and a better person than we were before. <clears throat> but before we can get to that point, we must first examine ourselves to learn where we've been going wrong. We're living in a world today that's described in Matthew 24, verse 12, which says, And, beca and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. <clears throat> the world we live in is rampant in lawlessness of Yahweh. 
And if you're anything like me, your heart and your love can slowly grow cold through the year between feasts. And I can start straying from reading the word and, and praying and from having that relationship I should have with Yahweh. 13, if we continue reading, says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. On this day of atonement, we have an opportunity to endure, to turn back to the path and realign with Yahweh. Through a year of living in the world, we can start putting faith in other places besides Yahweh. Why do we do that? It makes no sense. Why do we put faith in money, or faith in others, or even faith in ourselves and our own abilities, when Yahweh is the only one who changes not? He's the only one who can provide us with what we really need. He is the only one you can truly depend on, and the only person who will be able to save us in the end. Isaiah 45, verse 22 says, Look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am Yahweh and there is no other. Nothing can save but Yahweh. I think the main cause of this problem relates to something I've heard before. It's been said before that Satan pays well. And, yeah, that can make it tempting and often easy to follow after evil. But why do we even give ourselves that choice? Yes, Satan pays well, but at the end of the pay period, when you go to collect your check, you'll find that the wages of sin are death, just as it says in the scripture. So yes, Satan may pay well, but he can keep his payment because Yahweh rewards better. Satan pays well, but Yahweh rewards better. Much better, and that's because he loves us. Hosea, chapter 11, verse 7, says, My people are bent on backsliding from me. Though they call to the Most High, none at all exalt him. You can almost hear the the heartbreak in this verse. And yet, in the next verse, we read about his enduring love for his people. He says, How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? He says, My people are bent on backsliding, but how can I give them up? Have we really changed since then? Yahweh's people really haven't changed all that much. We still tend to be a stubborn people, but a people who ultimately love Yahweh, and a people who may need some constant correction. Sometimes I can get in a rut thinking about Yahweh as only a strict disciplinarian. I think about how mad I can get at my own kids and how I react when they mess up. And, uh, you know, I I tend to put that same attitude and and emotion on Yahweh. And, uh, but if we continue reading in Hosea chapter 8, or verse 8, it says, My heart turns within me. My sympathy is stirred. I will not execute my fierceness, the fierceness of my anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am Yahweh and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come with terror. Though I know he can get angry, uh, I know he doesn't succumb to the anger like we can tend to. Especially if we're asking forgiveness with a sincere heart. Jeremiah 17.10 says, Yahweh searches the heart and tests the mind. 
A sincere heart can make all the difference. Revelation 3, 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him, and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. So sure, we might be rebuked, we might be chastened, but if that means becoming a better person, and it causes us to change our course from the path of death, then we need to accept that and embrace it. The scripture, the scripture talks about a father who spares the rod for his son. He hates his son. We need to realize that if and when punishment comes, it comes from a place of love and not anger. Hosea 6.1 says, Come, let us return to Yahweh, for he has, turned, he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. And Jeremiah 3.12 says, Go and proclaim these words towards the north and say, Return, backsliding Israel, says Yahweh. I will not cause my anger to fall on you, for I am merciful, says Yahweh, and I will not remain angry forever. And here's a key part in verse 13. It says, Only acknowledge your iniquity, that you have transgressed against Yahweh your Elohim. We need to acknowledge our wrongs to own up and sincerely apologize <clears throat> because every single one of us here has transgressed against Yahweh, our Father. And He tells us He is merciful and He won't be angry forever. So there's a bright side. Today is a day when we need to be searching out Yahweh's grace and His mercy and His forgiveness. And we need to recognize our need to be saved from ourselves. In 2 Corinthians 6, 2, it says, For he says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Today is an acceptable time. Let's take advantage of it. Let's take advantage of the opportunity to give up our sins and our guilty consciences and trade them in for peace and love and a renewed relationship with our Father. Paul says in the previous verse, in verse 1, it says, We then, as workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of Yahweh in vain. He's saying that we need to cherish this grace and his mercy and to value it, not to belittle it or take it for granted. In Proverbs, Proverbs 16, verse 6, it says, In mercy and truth... Atonement is provided for iniquity, and by the fear of Yahweh, one departs from evil. So it's great to be here on the assembly today, fellowshipping with one another. <clears throat> In fact, it's commanded that we congregate today. Not to mention that nobody likes being afflicted by themselves, right? <laughs> Misery loves company. But before we head off to Eastland or Abilene and fill our stomachs, we need to make sure and make a point to get home and find some alone time with Yahweh today, one-on-one, -on -one, to recommit, to realign, renew, and return to Him. I would stand to say that this fast is only part of what we're supposed to be doing today. It's a part of the realignment and humbling process, but we also need to be recommitting and returning to Yahweh as well. To repent is to change your mind, to change the way you think, 
and to turn around from the way you're going. Psalm 51 is called the, the prayer of repentance. And if you go home and you go to your quiet place tonight and you're kind of like me, you have a problem jumping off and getting into it, getting close with Yahweh, <clears throat> grab your Bible and read Psalm 51 as if they were your own words. Let's read them together. Have mercy on me, O Yahweh, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and my sin and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, your desire, you desire truth in my inward parts, and the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall become clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O Yahweh, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O Yahweh, the Elohim of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud, with your, aloud of your righteousness. O Yahweh, open my lips and my mouth shall flow forth your praise. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not, do not delight in burf, burnt offerings. Excuse me. The sacrifices of Yahweh are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O Yahweh, you do not despise. Do good in your good pleasure to Zion. Build the walls of Jerusalem. Then you, sh then you shall be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then they shall be then they shall offer bulls on your altar. So we need to rend, rend our heart. We need to put on this attitude that David had when he wrote this psalm. We need to put aside our own wills and fall into the will of Yahweh and call out to him today. In Joel 2, verse 12, it says, Now therefore, says Yahweh, turn to me with all of your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Or in other words, make an in inward change, not a superficial outward one. Return to Yahweh your Elohim, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. And that's, that's so re reassuring to me. Let us search out, sorry, Lamentations 3.40 says, Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to Yahweh. Let us lift our hearts and our hands to Yahweh in heaven. I believe that today is the day above all others that we need to be doing all of these things. Just check them off the list. Scriptures are full of instances <clears throat> of Yahweh calling to his people to return to him. And he hasn't stopped. We know he changes not. He's still calling to his people to this day to return. If you don't believe me, I'll give you some more scriptures to prove it. In Hosea 14.1, it says, O Israel... Return to Yahweh, your Elohim, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you 
and return to Yahweh. Say to him, take away all iniquity, receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. And verse 4 says, I will heal their backsliding and I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. Isaiah 31, 6 says, Return to him against whom the children of Israel have deeply revolted. In Job 22, verse 23, it says, If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up. You will remove iniquity far from your tents. Our bodies are those tents, the temple of Yahweh. In Zechariah 1, 3, it says, Therefore say to them, Thus says Yahweh of hosts, Return to me says Yahweh of hosts, and I will return to you. Malachi 3.6 For I am Yahweh, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your father you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you. It sounds pretty simple, right? Return. Keep his ordinances. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek Yahweh while he might be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to Yahweh and he will have mercy on him. And to our Elohim, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways, nor are your ways my ways, says Yahweh. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So let's not put our focus on the physical things that we're lacking today, but rather on what spiritual opportunities there are that we have to gain. Let's remove every barrier that we placed between us and Yahweh through this year, and let's become better than we were last year. I once heard a man named Vadi Bakum He said once, I'm not who I ought to be, but hallelujah, I'm not who I was. And as an assembly, I hope we can say that to ourselves, looking back to where we were on last year's atonement. I'm not who I ought to be, but hallelujah, I'm not who I was. Thank you.